listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Here's your host, Dr. Mike Chop. Well, greetings, friends. You know, I shared with you last week that I'd be traveling to Guatemala with CMDA's Global Health Outreach to serve with a 15-member surgical team treating patients over the course of a week. It was a remarkable week with so many opportunities for us to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Our team leaders, Dr. James Foxworthy, who's a general surgeon, and his wife, Sheila, who is a nurse, they wrapped up the week by looking at each team member around the circle and affirming with joy the contributions that the individual doctor or physician assistant or nurse had made in this surgical camp with nearly 30 operations done in four days. You know, friends, in 2024, I'm focusing on Psalm 116 and the attribute of God described in that psalm that I'm seeking to understand better and by God's grace to emulate is his mercy. We jumped into a screening clinic on the Sunday afternoon that we arrived and I saw eight or nine patients scheduled for surgery. One was a Guatemalan pastor of 40 years who presented with a recurrent inguinal hernia, but his evaluation led me to diagnose a metastatic colon cancer involving his liver on a subsequent ultrasound. My translator that day was, well, not medical, and she had never been a part of giving such bad news to a patient. And I saw her as tears and emotion with such incredible mercy welled up in her eyes. She had such a heart for this dear shepherd of of a flock as she translated for me and her response and her attitude painted for me a beautiful picture of God's compassion for one of his own sons who'd been so faithful to the church. Later in the afternoon, I, I saw a woman named Raina who was in her 30s at the end of clinic and She had suffered for several months with severe right upper quadrant pain and an ultrasound showing gallstones. She had been scheduled in this very mission hospital by a previous surgical team, but that team ran out of time and couldn't get to her cholecystectomy. Here she was again, and our team leader, Dr. Foxworthy, told me that due to a scheduled power outage in the city that upcoming Tuesday, just two days later, that our schedule was fully booked up for the week. Oh wow, as I broke the news, this woman began to weep and it just broke my heart. I had to admit she was probably the most symptomatic patient with gallstones that our team had seen that afternoon. And it looked like she was going to be passed over again. God poured his mercy into my heart and with great passion and tears, I prayed putting my hand on her shoulder, and I asked the God of mercy and healing, Jehovah Rapha, to do a miracle and to provide electricity on that Tuesday so that we could operate on this dear woman. Dr. Foxworthy and I, with hope and trust that God would hear our request that afternoon, we went ahead and put her on the schedule that Tuesday morning. And friends, a God of mercy heard our prayer for Raina. The power never left Sister Elena Hospital except for 60 seconds on that Tuesday afternoon, long after Raina's gallbladder was in the pan. The God we serve is full of mercy, friends. Serving on this team was transformational for me. 
After several years of being back in the U.S. and away from clinical care in a missionary medicine setting, it sure did renew my love for uh, healthcare missions, and it poignantly reminded me of the difference that we can make in the lives of God's children through our skills in healthcare. That's what makes this week's episode, friends, so fitting because it's a conversation focused on missions worldwide. Our guest today is Mr. Ted Essler, who's the president of Missio Nexus. If you've never heard of Missio Nexus, I encourage you to keep listening to hear about Ted and about the innovative work that they are doing for the cause of the Great Commission. Well, today on CMDA Matters, uh, we have a very missions-focused conversation that I'm looking forward to very much. And because of that, I've invited our Vice President of Missions and Member Care, Pastor Bert Jones, to, to join us today. Welcome, Bert. Thanks, Mike. Our guest today is none other than the President and CEO of Missio Nexus, uh, Mr. Ted Essler. Missio Nexus is an association of agencies and churches representing great commission workers worldwide. And Ted was actually in the computer industry first before going as a missionary with the organization Pioneers in the Balkans during the 90s. And in 2000, Ted became the Canadian director of Pioneers and three years later moved to Orlando to join the USA Pioneers leadership team. He was appointed president of Missio Nexus in 2015. Uh, His most recent book is The Innovation Crisis, Creating Disruptive Influence in the Ministry That You Lead. And Ted has a Ph.D. in Intercultural Studies from Fuller Theological Seminary. So welcome to the program today, Ted. Hey, thank you for having me. I look forward to the discussion. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about the mission and vision of Mission Nexus? Sure. So our mission is to catalyze relationships, ideas, and collaboration within the Great Commission community. And we are essentially, I mean, to understand who we are and what we do, you know, all industries have a trade association. And we're the trade association for people that do cross-cultural, global evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. But unlike other trade associations, which are made up usually of competitors, we are an association of cooperators. And so probably the, the biggest thing that we offer is to help people that are solving many similar problems do that together, uh, whether that's in the room uh, face-to-face, whether it's virtually, whether it's through written word or digital media, whatever it is. Uh, we represent about 340 uh, missionary agencies uh, doing a very broad and diverse set of ministries. If you add up the staff of our members, it's about 50 to 60,000 missionaries globally dispersed. And we also have church membership, and that's a growing area for us. So that's who we are. Ted, it's obvious, as Mike read your bio, that you've been involved in all kinds of aspects of organizational leadership and missions. I'm just wondering, is there some particular important lesson that God's taught you consistently through those leadership experiences that you could share with our listeners today? Big question. I mean, if I was to just share one, it would probably be that I do my worst leading, and I think others, I've seen this with others too, when they're most concerned about organization Hmm. 
organizational issues, organizational sustainability, et cetera, instead of the mission. Mm. And that's a hard, that's a hard one for CEOs because we are in a sense tasked with caring for the organization, but you know, it's kind of like ships weren't made for ports. They were made for sailing. Our organizations, our movements, our churches, whatever they are, they're made to, to fulfill a, a mission. Mm-hmm. And when we start taking our focus off that and instead worry about ourselves, I think that's when things break down. And I, I've done it myself many times. And I see it in the ministries, particularly of younger leaders who maybe are feeling a little bit of discomfort or insecurity. Wow, Ted, that's uh, some great insight and uh, probably something a lot of our listeners and myself needed to hear today. Thank you. As you look at the landscape of missions activity going on around the globe today, are there any cultural trends that are having a global impact in the mission efforts that you could describe for us? Well, it might be easier for me to tell you trends that are that are not happening. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. so many trends affecting mission. You know, the whole area of... I'm not being political when I say any of this, but the whole area of the great awakening, hmm. the concepts behind you know anti-racism, DEI, all those types of things are having a significant kind of downward push on global mission because the definition of global mission is shifting to seeing it as colonialistic, you know, domineering, coming from empire, those types of ideas and things, which you know, I, there's some truth to it. And so that's what makes it even more complicated is the fact that we do have things to own up to and to deal with in the missions commi- in the community. So I would say overall, the kinds of shifts and things you're seeing, they really go around two big areas. One would be just the concepts surrounding epistemology and truth. You know, how do we know what's true? Those are under massive, massive change. And then also the nature of people. And, you know, do we see, for example, sexuality as fluid or fixed? Hmm. We're kind of exchanging the Imago Dei idea with the what I would call the Imago Me. And that whole shift is drastically impacting, particularly emissions from the West. Now, if you're working in some remote village somewhere, you're dealing with it there too, because we all carry around the collective wisdom of the human societies in our in our pockets these days, and so nothing really. There's really nothing that isn't global, but um, th- those would be, the, I'd say, the big picture issues that everybody is having to struggle through. You know, Ted, I've been familiar with the Evangelical Missions Quarterly since the mid '90s when when I went to Kenya and really appreciated uh, the challenge, the perspectives, the insight that your quarterly journal, or maybe it goes out more frequently than that, uh, has. But not long ago, you actually put out a whole EMQ on healthcare missions. So I know this is something not too long ago that uh, your editorial team was thinking about, and you got some great authors there that our listeners would be familiar with their names. But as we look at pursuing the, you talked about the Imago Day, the Michio Day, or the Great Commission, what unique role do you believe, from a non-medical perspective, that healthcare missions play in the larger Christian mission ecosystem? Well, you know, I think the the overall movement of Jesus' ministry was so impacted by healing. 
was so impacted by meeting real needs that people have that to do mission without, and, and this is very easy to do in a secular kind of a way, we forget about the transformative nature of helping people with probably the most fundamental interface they have with the world, their bodies. I just, I don't see how you could skip it. Now, in a world where really it's commercial entities, whether those are hospitals or research institutes or pharmaceutical companies or government involved in healthcare, in many ways, the church has played a diminishing role in meeting a lot of those kinds of needs. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. I wish it wasn't that way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here speaking to you from the state of Florida, in which we have a couple of religiously based hospital systems, and their ministry, even in our monocultural environment here, is just amazing. And a couple, I'm thinking of one in particular, does a really great job of reminding people of the Creator and His love and care as you go through medical challenges. So. The power of medicine just cannot be underestimated. And I've seen it many times traveling. I've seen how not even just the care itself, but how it's administered. Let me just give you one real quick example. Sure. I remember being remote clinic in Sudan of all places. That clinic was being run by a couple of doctors. Uh, one was a Palestinian evangelical. One was a Jewish messianic convert, and the other one was a Western doctor. And the three of them working together blew all the stereotypes of the majority religion. And, you know, it's this John 13, 34, and 35 idea. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The, the richness of that type of evangelism versus you know, words that aren't hung with that same kind of care, uh, it's just night and day. So, you know, I, I think the struggle for us is to figure out what does it mean in our modern contemporary era, but it's very significant, just so significant. I praise God for the CMDA and the, the many people affiliated with it for these reasons. Oh, thank you for that challenge. I, I, I love the association of non-competitive association, mm -hmm. associations, and I was just in John 13 this morning, so your words are so cogent to my heart. Well, as a computer background guy, you've written on innovations and missions. What innovations should we be considering at CMDA in our missions vision? The problem with innovation in a ministry context is that it is absent. Hmm. Uh, that's why the book is titled the, the Innovation Crisis. So just first of all, I would say, you know, we have a bit of a mental block when we think about how innovation interfaces with the communication of the gospel and as it represents itself. And I call these the big three, okay? evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Evangelism and discipleship are commanded. Church planting is the outcome of obedience to the first two. There's plenty of innovation that can happen around what the big three entail. But we've taken innovation and we've really put it in a technological camp. But notice, you know, when you ask me about the big trends affecting mission, I started out with ideas. 
the ideas that are shifting that are being innovated on today are just overtaking the church's ability to keep up to process, etc. So I would just say, as you work with your network with the very, you know, I'm sure again, diverse set of medical professionals that work, you know, I think helping them to understand and see what's happening culturally. But by the way, I like to say that, you know, in, in business, competition drives a lot of innovation. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's harder to innovate in ministry than in business. There's a couple of reasons, but one of them is because the competition is not at all abstract. It's very obvious. Well, our competition in ministry, it's not other ministers. It's not other people doing ministry. It's the fallen aspects of culture. That's what we're fighting against Mm -hmm. and and, and how they deform the nature in, in the worldview of people. And so I would just say, you know, how, how you help your people understand these huge cultural shifts and then strategize around addressing the issues that these shifts bring up. That's really the heart of ministry innovation. Ted, those are some really good words uh, for us here at CMDA and the different medical missions groups that uh, we represent here uh, in our organization. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, as, as there are a lot of people listening to this podcast today, a lot are involved and engaged in the different mission ministries we have here at CMDA and some are not. What kind of challenge would you give those listening today, some who are involved in missions and some who aren't, about engagement in the Great Commission? Yeah, uh, great, great question. Well, first of all, I would just say, I thought when you were starting setting up that question, you were going to go with engagement in CMDA. <laughs> Let me say a word about that. You know, one of the things that I have observed with missionary agencies is there are some organizations that have a culture of learning. And if there's an opportunity for them to learn, they're going to take advantage of, advantage of it. Other organizations, they don't state it this way, but they really do believe they figure things out. Mm. And their behavior is shown in how they do or don't interface with a community like Missio Nexus. And I would guess that it's similar in your environment. So just first of all, just a hearty encouragement. If you're out there, you're listening to this, you're probably already engaged. But if you're not, why would you not be? Particularly because we face so many challenges in doing ministry. In in terms of how to engage in those big three, um, evangelism, discipleship, and church planning, one of the beauties of that, the big three, is that it is extremely broad in terms of how it played out. And I believe the Bible is purposefully very light on methodology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge range here of innovative options to us. And I would just encourage people to really try to be creative. That that always gets people concerned because they think that I'm referring to shifting the message. The gospel is the gospel. It is not changing or shifting. But how it is communicated how it's lived out, how we organize around it. All of those things are just ripe for innovation. And there is lots of great innovation happening out there right now. Well, Ted, clearly your background is with a PhD in intercultural studies. We often go immediately to international overseas thoughts, but clearly the world has come to us and that 
the world seems like greater and greater numbers are coming into this country every single day. What are your thoughts to our listeners and to me as the CEO of CMDA on engaging in domestic intercultural ministry for the kingdom of God? I'm going to give you a two-faced answer on this. Sorry about that. But I think two kind of opposing thoughts at the same time on this one. First of all, it's so true. We have opportunities for cross-cultural mission all around us all the time. And we should be engaging 100% in those activities. So I'm fully on board with what we, we, in our our world, we call diaspora-style ministries. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I think we also need to realize We'll never reach the world, the unreached people groups of the world, those cultures that have no witness using diaspora as our primary strategy. I know we're in an era where there's so much immigration happening, and I believe that's actually going to continue and ramp up. But consider that currently about 32 3.1 to 3.2% of the world's population lives outside of their birth country today. That's about 218 million people. Well, you know, there's 3.2 billion unreached people in the world. And so even though this is a huge opportunity for us and we should be running through it uh, full speed, we also need to understand that the sending of God's people across cultural barriers around the world is still a huge need. In fact, it might even be bigger as some of the largest unreached people groups continue to grow and outpace population-wise, many of the reach groups. So I'm all for leaning into that kind of ministry, but I also don't see it in any way as a substitution for the ways we've understood the Great Commission to be. Ted, I just got back from uh, serving at a hospital in Cambodia and providing some leadership training there. And they're moving into some of these new models and missions. For decades, we've had the from the West to the rest, and now more and more embracing kind of this from everywhere to everywhere kind of model. I love that some of the places in Cambodia, they're not viewing themselves as the mission field, but they're, they're viewing themselves as mission sending agency to sending their people out. What kind of insight can you share with us about this shift in this model from these two? One thing I would say is that, you know, it's like in business, if you are super successful, that, that success can actually be your long-term doom. There's a theory a guy named Christensen came up talking about that. It's called the innovation dilemma. And in many ways, that's what we're facing here in the Western uh, missions movement. So we've had some pretty remarkable and outstanding success uh, in global outreach. So that now the, what you're describing is the fruits of good missionary work done well. That's now created the opportunity for the non-Western church to take their place as colleagues in the Great Commission and not simply subjects or people that we're seeking to reach. So what goes along with that is we need to change. We need to shift. We need to understand that, uh, I'll give you a word you're gonna be hearing about more in the future in the missiological circles. That word is mutuality. Mm -hmm. And what we're referring to when we talk about mutuality is this concept that we are going to be even with people that we would not consider to be in the kingdom yet, we are going to be ministering alongside them and with them. And we're going to be trying to get out of a posture in which it's an us to them or a power uh, dynamic in which we're exercising any kind of even epistemological authority over them. 
And this is going to be really expressed in the global missions outreach world. I mean, I just came back Sunday night. I got in very late, still jet lagging just a little bit here, but mm-hmm. I was in Africa. I was with a, a mission. If I said the name of it, everybody the call would know it. 125 of their leaders across Africa. And I looked out at that group and I thought, wow, it is not your grandfather's mission agency anymore. It's extremely diverse. And this was the leadership class of that organization, about 125 leaders. And I, I would say, you know, well under half of them were white Anglos from any of the Western countries. And and that's, you know, that's been an ongoing thing. And praise God for it. I think it just shows how the Lord has been working. Uh, but we do have to shift how we understand and execute on mission because of it. How do you think, Ted, that healthcare missions and other tent-making enterprises penetrating hard into those unreached people groups, how do you think that healthcare missions can do that, can take the gospel in a way that traditional church planters might really struggle or might not even have, ever have the opportunity to do? Yeah, that, I think the answer to that's on a couple of levels. One is obviously just the access question. You know, can somebody get into and work in a particular area? Um, so that that's ob- an obvious one that we all know about. But I think even more than that, again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the demonstration of the gospel uh, that goes along with medical missions is just very, very powerful. I remember a couple of years ago listening to this uh, philanthropist. He was not even a Christian. He was a Jewish background guy. And he was talking about how when it comes to value for a dollar donated, nothing beats evangelical missionary doctors. And he was out there raising money on behalf of evangelical missionary doctors. And I would just say that's been my, you know, experience 100 percent. Anywhere you go in the world, everybody is facing some type of challenge medically at some point in their life, everybody. And the touch points that are available there are just so strong and powerful. So aside from the access piece, it's just the credibility that it brings Jesus when people are there doing uh, medical work in his name. Uh, So I'd love to see how we could just grow thousands and thousands more of you. Ted, I'm just listening to you today, and uh, one of my favorite coaching questions I've ever heard asked, uh, one of our coaching students said, is there any other question that I didn't ask you that you wish I had? And I thought about that. Is there any question that we haven't asked you today that you just really would like to challenge us with or or give us an answer to, uh, something that's on your heart today? You know, I think the way I would answer that, this isn't specific to medical professionals, but, you know, I just want to encourage people to realize the worthiness of Jesus uh, that makes cross-cultural mission so just rich, enjoyable. It's hard. It's hard too. you know, the distance from family, the sometimes financial challenges, all these kind of things. But, you know, we don't we don't grow when things are easy. And I would just say, you know, encouraging people to really take risks and to spend their their time, their treasure, their hearts, loving others into the kingdom, it's just so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's been such a blessing for me. And, and I know it is for people that really get to see God work in incredible ways. So it's a good question. That, that'd be my answer. Ted, in some ways, I, 
I really envy your position in that you interact with presidents, CEOs, leaders of various missions and agencies. And I really had this hunch um, that after the global pandemic, that crisis, that there would be this surge of harvest workers. And at least in the beginning, when things in COVID-19 tended to go away, it seemed like we weren't seeing that. Do you think that now, have you seen, as you've interacted with various mission agencies around the globe, that we are beginning to see a surge? Or was that just a bad hunch on my part? You know, I think the, the truth is, we don't know. I mean, nobody really keeps good data on missionary sending statistics. The people that do the most of that is actually us at Missio Nexus. Mm-hmm. And we have kind of changed our methodology. It used to be a lot of estimations were made on what's happening with sending. And we've decided we're going to only count actual sending. Because of that big shift, we really don't know where we're at. But there's, there's positive signs. I think the Asbury Revival, for example, mm-hmm. in the long run may result in the sending of workers. Um, And I do think on college campuses, that wasn't limited to Asbury. But I also think that these, you know, I recently saw a mobilization chart. What do do young people think about when they're presented with the challenge of cross-cultural mission? The first thing is, what is missions? The second thing was, is it colonial? And I mean, that's the second question. I didn't ask that question when I was recruited you know, 30 some years ago. That wasn't even in my on my radar screen. So I, I do think that we are, we're gonna see some negative numbers, but we don't really know that. And so I'd be cautious to say one way or another what is happening. Well, Ted, this has been such a privilege to have you on our podcast today on CMDA Matters. And uh, we just thank you for what you're doing and the work of Missio Nexus. And uh, I look forward to kind of interfacing uh, Missio Nexus with uh, what God's doing here in missions here at CMDA. And so thank you for being a part of uh, this podcast today. And, and it's, uh, we'll be praying for you and the work that you guys are doing around the world. For those of you who are listening today and are interested in missions, we'd love for you to go to cmda.org slash missions, and it will take you to the page that has all the information about the mission activity that we have going on around the globe. And we'd love you to visit that and join us. If you have any specific question, you can email me at pbj at cmda. Org. And Mike, it's been great to have this discussion today. Absolutely. Ted, what's the URL for your website? We are Missio, so M-I-S-S-I-O-N-E-X-U-S, missionexus.org. Well, thanks for uh, joining us in the midst of jet lag. Yes. Uh, God bless you, Ted. Thanks for having me on today. You know, we intentionally uh, talk about missions regularly here at CMDA, and that's because healthcare missions is an integral part of our organizational DNA. For decades, our members have been traveling across the street and around the world to share the gospel and spread Christ's love. You heard today Ted describe missions work as fighting against the fallen aspects of culture. And it is so true. It's why I'm personally moved by the work of Missio Nexus, as well as the innovative ways that they are focused on fostering more collaboration across a huge array of ministries. Ministries, friends, that work cross-culturally for the sake of the gospel. I hope you'll visit Missio Nexus's website and learn more about the work that Ted and his team are doing 
You can find them online, as he mentioned, going to missionexus.org, and we've included that web link in our show notes today. Are you interested in short-term mission trips? Well, now is the time to start thinking about signing up for a global health outreach trip. GHO sends teams around the world to places like El Salvador, East Africa, India, the Pacific, Central Asia, Nicaragua, the Middle East, and many others. Through these trips, we disciple participants, grow national churches, share the gospel, and provide care to the poor and needy. Our teams minister in outpatient primary care medicine and dentistry, and in small and large hospitals to provide surgical services. If you are interested in using the skills and resources the Lord has entrusted to you, please visit cmda.org gho to learn more and find a trip that works in your schedule. Well, if you'd like to discover more about healthcare missions and learn how to live missionally in your life in the United States or around the globe, then it's not too early to register for the 2024 Global Missions Health Conference, known around here as GMHC. It is the world's largest gathering of healthcare professionals, as well as students and organizations that are dedicated to healthcare missions. This is an annual three-day conference that features breakout sessions and several plenary speakers, hundreds of exhibitors, and special events. This year's event is scheduled for November 7th through the 9th at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm going to be there, God willing, along with a huge CMDA national ministry team. So I'm going to encourage you to visit cmda.org events for more information. For those of us who are called to healthcare through our relationship with the great physician Jesus Christ, our question should not be if we're going to live on mission, but rather where and how we're going to do it. Wherever you are in your healthcare journey, friends, we have ways here at CMDA to equip you to live on mission each and every day. If you have any questions about how to get started, you can learn more through CMDA's Center for Advancing Healthcare Missions. You can just go to cmda.org slash CAM, C-A-H-M. You are invited to join CMDA for a rally at the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, March 26. The court is hearing oral arguments in FDA versus Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. We hope you will join our large group of healthcare professionals on the court steps to stand for women's health and safety. This is an important case as we seek to protect the vulnerable through our advocacy efforts. For more information and to sign up to attend, contact advocacy at cmda.org. Well, God willing, we'll be back here next Thursday, and we're going to return to this same topic of healthcare missions in a conversation with Dr. Catherine Smith. Now, I put that in quotes because it's a pseudonym that she requested me to use. I talked with her just a few weeks ago as she was traveling through several nations in Africa as an itinerant teaching medical missionary. 
I always love hearing stories like this, especially directly from the field of service. So I hope you'll join us next week. We spent a lot of our time in our conversation with Ted Essler today talking about the Great Commission. So it seems fitting for me to close with those powerful words from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, where it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ted described it so beautifully. The bold demonstration of the gospel, one that is at the heart of healthcare missions. Because we are truly emulating Christ and being obedient to his great commission when we use healthcare as a ministry tool to go and make disciples. That's why healthcare missions will remain one of CMDA's key ministry pillars, whether through GHO teams like the one I was part of in Guatemala, or through Medical Education International with teams focused on training national healthcare professionals, or our Center for Advancing Healthcare Missions, which exhorts healthcare professionals, often in training, to consider a career in medical or dental missions. All of these ministries have the vision to be bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through Christ followers in healthcare. That's what matters to CMDA friends, and CMDA matters. We'll see you next week, God willing. Thanks for listening to CMDA Matters. If you would like to suggest a future guest or share a comment with us, please email cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like the podcast, be sure to give us a five-star rating and share it on your favorite social media platform. This podcast has been a production of Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate. Thank you.